Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Crystal Sparks and my goal of this podcast is to help grow your faith and to help equip you to accomplish your dreams and your goals. Well, we started a little mini series uh, on the last podcast about um, that you know you're drifting when. And so if you didn't listen to that one, be sure and jump back over. Uh, But today we're going to go into part two. And if you haven't subscribed to my podcast, you want to be sure and do so. So you never miss out on anything happening here on my podcast. So today we're going to talk about, you know, you're drifting when you stop following and you start justifying. You start follow you stop following and you start justifying in Proverbs 14:12 in the passion um I really like the way that this is worded it says you can rationalize it all you want and justify the path of error you have chosen but you'll find out in the end that you took the road to destruction um that's such a strong verse right like you can rationalize it all you want and justify the path of error you've chosen but you'll find out in the end that you took the road to destruction so we know that we're drifting when um, we start stop following and we start justifying our offenses. And you know you're doing this when you always are quick to tell the reasons why you're right. In fact, I know somebody is still walking in offense even if they say they aren't when this. Uh, you see the person that you had an offense towards and somebody's talking well of them and you can't let them let somebody else just talk good of them. You have to recount the whole story about the wrongs they did to you, how many years ago it was. And I found whenever you're still walking in a fence, uh, the story gets more and more elaborated any time that you tell it. And so the details become bigger, they become greater. And why it's you stopped at some point along the way, you stopped following Christ. And you started justifying. And whenever we start justifying our offenses, uh, it stops us from what God has. And for for me in my life, um, it's impossible for me to look at the cross and walk in unforgiveness. It is impossible for me to remember all that Christ has forgiven me of and still walk in that offense. And so I always think in my life of all the wrongs and things that have happened to me, I think about how many things have I done to Christ that are terrible, right? And yet he always forgives me. The Bible says that his mercies are new every single morning. It's impossible for us to look at the cross and to walk in unforgiveness. I love what Brian Houston said years ago. He said, no seasoned Christian has any justifiable reason to walk in offense. And that really is true. It shows your spiritual maturity on how quickly uh, you are to be offended and how long you're able to sit in offense. Uh, for me, God doesn't let me get away with stuff on uh, having offended heart for very long. Um, I'll, I'll try so hard to be offended and the Lord's like, nope, you're not, <laughs> you're not going to walk in this. Um, but I'm so grateful for his love that always um, is extended to me in those moments and that I can look at the cross and just realize that he's forgiven me of so much. And you know that you're a person that's justifying your offenses when your circle becomes really small. And I say this because I watch people, uh, they stop following God and they start justifying their offenses and their friend circle is continuously getting smaller because anybody, anytime somebody makes a mistake, they're cut out of their life, they're distanced from them. And Brian's dad, whenever we were serving him, he always said that being a great leader means that people can fail and recover quickly and without shame. 
And I want to ask you in your life, are people able to mess up, to fail, and they're able to quickly recover without shame? Or are you letting them back into your life, but you're always reminding them of how they messed up, reminding them of how they fell short? I don't want to be that kind of person, right? I want to follow God and, and get to where he has for me. And so you know, um, you know you're drifting when you stop following and you start justifying the next thing, your actions. Um, when you start justifying your actions. And this is when we start saying things like, it's just too hard to live up to the standard of the word. The word, You know, culture today, it's just too difficult to live that way. Um, the Bible's kind of outdated or God knows my heart. And here's the thing is that, yes, Jesus does love you and he saves you just as you are, but he doesn't leave you where you are. And anytime that we start justifying our actions instead of truly repenting and repentance means this is that I agree with what God's word says about my sin. I don't justify it. I don't make excuses for it. And Pastor Brian said uh, back in January, something that has just so stuck in my head. And he said this, that as long as there's an excuse in your mouth, there will be a cycle in your heart. And if we're excusing our behavior of, well, it's just the way I am, or people know my heart, or God forgives me, or God made me this way, and then what's going to happen is it's excusing, it's justifying our behavior, and in justifying our behavior, then we're stopping following uh, the path that God has for us. And and it's just like our opening scripture, that that path that it's taking us to is our ultimate destruction. In 1 Corinthians 10.13 in the Amplified, it says this, for no temptation... No trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance, that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience, and such as man can bear. But God is faithful, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and aside beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure but with the temptation he will always provide a way out that you may be strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently meaning this is that there is no temptation that ever comes that you're not able to say no to and and I just want to encourage you I think there's this whole movement of people in our generation that have excused their behavior and it's under the guise of well you were just born this way And the Bible says, yes, we were all born into sin. But I will just say that just because you were born this way doesn't mean you were created that way. That your creator made you perfect. And we were all born into sin. We all have natural things in our sin nature that left unto ourselves are not godly. But that does not excuse us to be able to do whatever we want to do. In fact, um, in the Catholic Church... Um, back in the beginning of the Catholic Church, they did things um, whenever it was coming into England, and uh, they did a thing called indulgences. And it was basically, they went to the priest, and they would say, there's just these sins that I can't get over. And the priest would allow people to buy indulgences from the church. And what that meant is that they could go and sin and do whatever they wanted to do, and that God would forgive them because it was just who they are. And so the church, a lot of the big 
big, beautiful buildings that we see built over in Europe, the Catholic churches, were built by indulgences. People saying, okay, well, I'm just bent to live in adultery. I'm just, this is who I am. Sexual immorality is just part of who I am. Um, uh, Alcoholism is just part of who I am. Addiction to drugs is just who I am. Uh, Cheating, gambling, that's just who I am. And here's the thing is, so they would go to the priest and almost get a, a wink or like a pass on it. And I think the church, the big C church, through the message of grace, has forgotten that God is gracious, but he is also holy. And heaven is not giving us out indulgences, uh, passes on our behavior. And one of the passes I see on behavior, because we don't have modern day indulgences, but we have things called like the Enneagram. And we pass off and say, well, this is just my personality type. This is just who I am. That I was born this way. This is the way I was. Again, you may have been born that way, but you weren't created that way. And God created you perfect. And just because I know that I have a weakness in my flesh doesn't mean that I just surrender to that. But it means that I build my life in such a way that I don't give um, lenience for it or I don't give way for it. I don't give it space to have control over me. And so I want to ask you a question. Um, Have you become uh, persuaded around your convictions? Have your convictions become loose? And and I'll say this, I think that we're, we are drifting when we no longer have like hard, fast things that we will and will not do. And I think there needs to be some things that God writes on our hearts that are for us. And we don't, uh, we don't shake on those. We don't wave on those. We don't um, give wave to the enemy on them. It doesn't matter who's around. It doesn't matter if it's popular. It doesn't matter if people think you're weird. Like I think there should be some personal uh, convictions. And if you don't have those then it means that you're not following anymore. Because the longer you follow God, the Bible says that he now writes his laws on our hearts, which means he's always having some things that he's convicting us. Condemnation says that you're in shame and God can never love you. Conviction says that you're better than this and it calls you up higher. It empowers you to be able to do it. Just like the scripture says that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. That's what conviction is. It's a reminding of your God identity. And so the next thing that we justify is uh, that we justify how God made us, right? We justify how God made us. And I kind of touched on this, but I think for us in our life, I think we just got to be careful uh, that we're not doing that. We're not um, passing off. We're not winking at our bad behavior or um, asking people to excuse it because it's our personality type. Um, We can know things about us that are negative, but we can also put safeguards around ourselves uh, to help us live the life that God's called us to live. Um, The last thing is that you know you're drifting uh, when you start justifying not following the ancient paths. The ancient past. In Jeremiah 6.16, I love this verse so much. Jeremiah 6.16 says this. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the eternal past where the good old way is. Then walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. And I I love this verse because uh, God is letting his people know in a culture that is anti-God. Jeremiah is speaking to a people who are living in the hardest of times to serve God. You think it's hard now. There's some crazy stuff in the Old Testament that was going on. And he says, hey, 
Look at the ancient past. Like, look at the things that I've done before. Look at the roads our forefathers have paved. And and I just want to encourage you that to not justify not taking the ancient past. What do I mean by that? The ancient past of prayer. The ancient past of consecration. The ancient past of holiness. The ancient path of fasting. The ancient past of sowing and reaping. The ancient path of serving. The ancient path. I can keep going. But when you look through the great men and women that have gone before us, they paved the way. They blazed some trails of ancient past that are still ways of righteousness today. And I think sometimes we start justifying ourselves out of those things, thinking that they're old fashioned or they're not really for today. And I want to tell you that the old past are still today's past and the past to God's holy temple are still the same. And I think a lot of us have become um, entertained by things of this world. And we're so fascinated by what culture is saying and what's happening in the times that we've swayed away from the secret place uh, that God wants us to do. And God's letting the people know in Jeremiah, if you want to find me, go look for the ancient past. And and I want to encourage you, listening to podcasts is great, but this podcast, it doesn't substitute your time in God's word. Uh, This time of going to church and worshiping, uh, that's great. I'm glad. I want you. The Bible says to not forsake the assembling together, right? Even more so, it says, as you see the day approaching, people say all the time, well, I believe we're in the last days. Well, okay, well, the Bible says to not forsake gathering together, especially if you think you're in the last days. So you better be in church and that's great, but it doesn't replace your own personal prayer time. It doesn't replace your own personal worship time. Those are the ancient paths. And I want to ask you, are you justifying yourself out of those paths? Because if you are, then you're no longer following you're, you're following culture. You're following everything else. And as I read through uh, the Bible recently, I was reading through in Second Chronicles. And I was reading about how several kings in Second Chronicles, when the priests weren't giving them the word they wanted to hear, they went and found a priest from culture in the world and brought them into the palace. And they would ask them what they would say. And I think this is what's happened in the world today, that we don't want to hear the holy standard of God's word. And so we go and find out what culture has to say about God. We find out what culture has to say about the universe and all these things. And we stop listening to the Lord. I want to just encourage you that the ancient paths are still the right paths. God's word is still good for today and that his way is still true and it leads to everlasting life. And so I want to encourage you today. Um, are you justifying? And, and if you are, whether you're justifying your offense, maybe you're justifying how you were created, maybe you're justifying uh, whatever it is, today's a great day to repent, right? To agree with what God's word says and to turn around. Okay, so I have my friend Emily here since we did a little two-part series there. And so, um, yeah, I just want to talk to you about uh, how do you feel about what we just talked about. <laughs> I'm always so awkward on how I start these. She's always like, just tell me. Can I you just it. tell me I did a really good job? Yeah, it was so good. Wow, thank you. I felt the Holy Spirit. Wow, great. <laughs> I felt the Holy Spirit strong. Wow. I have a good question. Okay. Maybe it's too personal. If it's too personal, just say next. Okay. okay. Um, but I was just thinking about, like, um, I think that sometimes we justify our justifications. So, like, we say you do it in small ways, 
and then it becomes easier to do it in big. Does that make sense? So you, you justify like a lie that you told. Well, I lied to them because they can't really handle the truth. Or, right, like, you start doing small things like that. Yeah. And then with bigger things, it becomes easier. Well, yeah, that's biblical. Song of Solomon says it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, that's the whole idea of deconstruction is not around. I don't wake up one day and say, I don't believe in God. Yeah, or I don't believe in the church or his word Mm -hmm. or all of that. Mm -hmm. It starts in small things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So it just makes me, it makes me think of that. Really, it's like another way of saying, like drifting is deconstruction. Oh, a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it breaks my heart. Like when I see those small seeds in people. Yeah. It's kind of like as a, as a discipleship tool of being like, hold on, like, don't go down that path. Yeah. What do you think are ways that um, like when you see your friends drifting that you can help them. Oh, a hundred percent to help them. Well, first it's like twofold, right? Number mm-hmm. one, self-awareness, but number two, that you're actually open to accountability. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people aren't self-aware mm-hmm. and number two, they don't want to be held accountable. Yeah. And the minute I found in my life, the people that you do attempt to hold accountable, mm-hmm. the minute that you challenge them with truth, they block you out of their life because they want to justify where they're at. Right. So they only follow accounts they agree with. Mm-hmm. They only go to places that with people. So everybody in their circle, in their world, looks like them. And so I would challenge even people listening, does everybody that you surround yourself, do they all agree with you? And mm-hmm. if they do, that's like a big red flag. Mm-hmm. Like there's actually something wrong. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah. And in self-awareness of like, uh, I mean it by, you don't even see it as negative anymore. Like it's like, oh, I'm not even self-aware that I'm going down this destructive path. There's a person I love very much and raised in the church, loves the church. I could go on down the list. And she started like justifying that it was okay to dabble in the occult. And one thing led to another. Now she's out of the church and um, into witchcraft and uh, crystals Mm -hmm. and um, has denounced her faith. Um, But it didn't start that way. It started out as, I don't know that I believe in, like, church on a Sunday. Like, I don't think God can be boxed into a Sunday morning. Yeah. And then it was like. I don't see the importance of that. Yeah. I can encounter God on my own. Yep. In my own way. Yep. And then it kind of just kept going until now I see where she's at and it literally breaks my heart. And so, but she's not self-aware, right? She wasn't even self-aware that that first step she made Mm. was leading her to the path of destruction, Mm -hmm. which really, when you think about a road, right? If you're like in a fork in a road, Mm -hmm. one leading to destruction, the other, the ways of eternal life, right? Whether you're 10 steps down that road or one, you're still on the path to destruction. Right. Like the first step, we think the witchcraft, like now she's into witchcraft, Mm -hmm. that that was the step. But actually, that was just step 10. Yeah. You know? You think for people like that, like what are the options to get out? Like do you think they have to have like a road to Emmaus moment? Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it feels like, God, how are you going to, like how are you going to turn around? Like, yeah. Where if if there is a fork in the road and you chose the destruction road, like 
I do believe God's a God of like restoration and redemption and like he still loves them. But are you able to like, do they have to have an encounter with God? Like God blinds Paul and he decides I'm against this now. Oh, I mean, it would be awesome if they did, but I think that grace is always beckoning us home. And the Bible says of the prodigal son that he remembered the goodness of the father. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's this moment where I think, right, there's the seed on the inside of us that goes, in my father's house, there was rejoicing in my father's house. There was provision in my father's house. You know, there was, yeah. there was like all the good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I, I pray on people like that, that there's going to be something, some kind of like yearning to come home. It would be great if it was like a light shining in the road kind of moment. But yeah. it didn't happen that way to the person, uh, Simon, the the dealer that Paul um, got mm-hmm. in the Bible. It mm-hmm. didn't happen like that. He just heard the word being taught and his heart responded yes. Yeah. And so I think even for those people, it's that... Um, heart grab moment, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to repent, to agree with what God's word says. Yeah. I think I've I've been thinking about the, like, even, you know, you're drifting when you're indifferent. Yeah. You know, and I've been thinking about, like, the posture of a lukewarm person. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not even, I'm not even on social media, like, blowing up that the church is bad. I just legit don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, well, Jesus says in Revelation that you're neither hot nor cold, so I'm going to spit you out. I mean, it's just like, it's an indifferent Christian. And I've been praying around that. Like, what's the, where's the, when does the light come on for someone that's indifferent? Mm -hmm. Well, when did it come on for you? Right? Yeah. I mean, like, I think all of us have had those moments, but like, there's not different degrees of bad. Yeah. Right? Again, it, whether you're one step away or ten, mm-hmm. it's the same grace that saves. Yeah. And I, I have to believe, like, they're also hearing the call of grace and they're just saying no. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I believe that. I believe yeah. that. That was good. Great. Great. I hope that helped you wherever you're at. hope you got so much out of today's content. Can you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on any new content here on my podcast? Also, one of the best ways for people to find my podcast is by you. If you will, share this podcast on your social media or maybe text it to a friend. Help me get the word out so we can help others. Also, everything you need to know about today's podcast will be available down in the show notes. I also have a link for you to stay subscribed to my emails so you never miss out on anything that I have going on. So, hey, thank you so much for being here and let's do something awesome for God this week.